I'm Aaron Meyer. You're listening to the 199 Podcast. On this week's episode, we're talking 98-99 era Cincinnati Bearcats with Alex Meacham, who embodies the spirit of that team. No nonsense, hardworking, and loves the game. My name is Alex Meacham. I played basketball for the University of Cincinnati. Yes, our insider Alex Meacham is back for more fun on a That's Friday right. night. And it comes and goes quick. You know what I'm saying you come in and before you know it, you're on your way out. We also get into his experiences after college, starting Shining Stars AAU, playing a part in an Air Jordan 5 release, and much more. Only Air Jordan sneakers. I was part of the inspiration and design behind the Air Jordan. Uh, ben 23, number 5. It's time to start the show. Welcome to the 19.9 Podcast. We've got a special guest this evening, Alex Meacham. He is a former Bearcat. We're going to talk Cincinnati Bearcats basketball this evening. Just get just get into it with him. He's been with the program basically his whole life, so I think offers a unique perspective as a former player, as a person that's connected to the program, and who still kind of represents them, talking about them on podcasts and uh, various media platforms. So uh, welcome to the program, Alex. What's up, Aaron, man? I'm so excited to be here, man. You're talking Bearcats, uh, all that. I, I just really love talking that stuff. There's so, a, man, there's a, Cincinnati in general, a lot to be excited about right now. You got football, basketball, the Bengals are, have won two games. So that's on the city on the rise. Yeah, have you heard about the uh, Cincinnati Curse? Have no, you ever heard this no, before? I, no, I have you ever heard this? Probably not. Probably a lot of, a lot of people outside of uh, you know Ohio or Cincinnati have never heard this, but so the Bengals back in the day, um, I forget what year it was, but we're playing it and they tack. I forget, I can't even remember who it is, but they tackled Bo Jackson. Oh yeah, and ended his career. Yeah, broke his hip, right? Yes, and after that, no one in Cincinnati <laughs> did well. It was oh like gosh. that. Everyone, everyone kind of associates that injury. I didn't know to that the Cincinnati curse. Yeah, wow. so it's a, it's a it's a big thing here, and so everyone always is like. Cincinnati teams find a way to lose or yeah. something crazy happens. Like, you know, my teammate, Kenyon Martin, it was the year we were supposed to win a <laughs> championship, breaks his leg, right? Uh, the one year the Bengals, uh, Jeremy Hill fumbles it and loses the game and the Bearcats and, and, and Xavier, it's just like over and over and over. So uh, to see things where they are now with the Bearcat football team making the, you know, uh, final four of football was amazing um and and the Bengals obviously you know doing well and I, i'm not a i'm not a Bengals fan my dad's a huge Bengals fan but it's great it's just great for the city hey, what are what what are you you ready for this <laughs> no yeah i'm an la ram oh I'm an la rams gosh, fan LA rams. and they won today they did. check this out check this out aaron the Bengals, the 49ers and the rams all won their games the exact same way crazy Walk off field goals. We, that's a, that is crazy. <laughs> well, I know. Like if if I have a, if I have a young son right now, he's practicing field goals. No, like, yeah. you, you, get outside and go practice field I goals. I love it. Yeah, no doubt about it. That's the way to get into the game. Don't have to get hit yet either. That's that, as basketball as basketball players. That's uh that's an easy thing for for to think about. I didn't want to get hit. That's why I did my football. Oh. No question. Are you are you a Colts fan? No, I'm not. I actually, I've got my Bengals uh, cup here. I actually grew up a little bit in Covington. You're a yeah, fan? Covington, Kentucky. So did you really? Yeah, yeah. So right, right across the, the river. river. Yep. So nice. Reds, Reds, and Bengals fan, and uh, big I, Reds fan here. Yeah. Good, yeah. So let's circle back uh, to basketball and give us just your origin story. We like to ask just kind of how people get got into basketball. Like what what got your hooks into uh, basketball. So my older brother, Tony, um, he's seven years older than me. Um, I used to idolize everything he did. I did. He started playing tennis. I played tennis. <laughs> and it was just one of those things like, you know, whatever, whatever he was listening to, 
Run DMC. I started listening to Run DMC. <laughs> that was a, that was the first record I ever had. Nice. So, but what I noticed was he had a passion for basketball, and I was like, you know what? I really love this sport as well. It wasn't just because my brother was playing. I really enjoyed playing basketball. It was just something about it. And so my mother and father built a court in the backyard and I would go out there and practice every day. And, and I, I tell you, and I try to pass this along to a lot of parents and that is it's always great to let your kids dream big dreams, visualize success and just whatever grandiose thing it is, let them live in that world. And I would go in the backyard and I, I swear I would act like at nine years old, I was playing for the Cincinnati Bearcats and I was hitting the game winning shot and I would come in and tell my parents, I just hit the game winning shot for the Bearcats and they would go, Oh great. That's awesome. And that was my dream. So by just practicing and shooting around a lot, I just found a passion for the game and no other sport really clicked with me. I was terrible at baseball. Um, soccer was the most boring thing <laughs> for, for me as a kid. I, I just, you know, my attention span wasn't good for, mm. for soccer and, football i was just too soft like you know yeah, i just didn't want to get hit <laughs> yeah. it's too it's too cold outside yeah. and basketball was the, per the perfect thing for me and then i'll tell you what else Aaron happened um i had a coach named willie c jackson mm. and i played on a team uh here in cincinnati right off reading road it was called bond pad and um this coach just gave me a tremendous amount of confidence you know he mm. said to me one day i'll never forget this kind of pulled me aside and he goes you know why i yell at you a lot because I think you have a lot of potential. Mm. And I'm going to tell you what, that really changed, I think, you know, my trajectory in basketball. Like, I, I just was like, you know what? If Coach Jackson says he's coached a lot of really good players, if he thinks I have potential, then he's right. And I'm not going to let him down. So that's how I fell in love with the game between my brother, the backyard hoop, and Coach Willie C. Jackson. It was on from there. Okay, I got to ask you about the uh... – the backyard hoop, because this that one hit for me. I was watching uh, some of the YouTube videos you've got up uh, on. I think it's One Shining Media. Is that the YouTube channel? Yeah, shine, oh, Shine One shine Media. On yeah, media. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I've got the, you're talking about your backyard hoop and the uniqueness of it. Oh. Even like the the defenders, the the walls, the defender. I I, I kind of wanted to get your perspective because you're working with young people still. Like, do you think that there is something? There's so much access. I feel like to gyms now. Uh, there was like a uniqueness to my game. There's still like a spot on the floor that I sh shoot from and I'm almost always more accurate from there just because the way my driveway was shaped, I shot from there more <laughs> because otherwise I had to contend with like the tree and some other elements. <laughs> so, okay, I got I got a story with that. Okay. You're 100% you're correct. And so uh, I have an AAU basketball program, Shining Star Sports, and I have over 30 AAU teams and have kids from all over – uh, the greater Cincinnati area. And when we first started our program, probably in year two, um, I was actually coaching. I don't coach anymore. I just kind of oversee everything, but I was coaching. And we had a very average uh, team, but a lot of great kids. I really enjoyed coaching these kids. And none of, well, actually only one kid was a starter on his high school team. And so we had, we had a kid on our team and he was probably like the eighth guy off the bench at his high school. And so we're at this tournament and I run this play and I decide to put him in the corner. And I said, Hey, if you're open in the corner and they don't guard you shoot it. So we run the play and he makes the corner shot. And I was like, okay, cool. <laughs> Second half, we run it again. He makes it again. I was like, okay, the next day, the next day we do the same thing. When I, and I tell you, he <laughs> would not miss from the corner. That's so it became hard. a, it became a yeah, running yeah. joke, like the corner spot. So we're probably four tournaments deep and it's just, I mean, we're just, we just laugh at that. He, he's just going to hit this corner shot. It's, it's just, it's money. Yeah. Um, and the tournaments, this, when the fourth tournament's over and I have to drive, you know, all the kids home. Cause you know, some of them just don't have rides and yeah. this kid in particular wasn't from a great situation, but so I have to take him to his house and I have like three kids in the car with me. So we're driving to his house and we pull up to his house uh, and we all go, holy moly, <laughs> this is why he makes it. So he has a driveway that's super thin. Yeah. Like, right? It's like thin. No, there's no car in the garage. Yeah. Okay. And the basketball hoop is pointed this way. 
So he can only take just corner, just corner threes. And we all pull up and we're like, this, this is, is why. It. And we're like, why didn't you tell us this the whole time? <laughs> Man, so that, that's back he to go, He go to the league. He go to the league with that now. Bro, bro he, I mean, the, the, the Grizzlies should take him yeah, and right? put him in a corner and just let him shoot. But, but I think the kids today, so they have so much access to uh, gyms mm-hmm. and, and, and perfect environments now to, to be successful. And that's good. Whereas I feel like when I grew up, um, we didn't have access to, to facilities like they do now. We were in the streets playing and we were in the backyard and you had to navigate through conditions. Like you go play in the streets, you're going to have to dribble around puddles, potholes. The rims are double rim. They've got, you know, you remember this back in the day, they were, you know, uh, chain nets and yeah. sometimes the nets were super, super thick. And you had to really adjust your game. And um, I think, you know, you, the biggest thing I tell people, you have to, you know, battle through different adversity. Um and I think that really helped me out. But some of these kids, I tell them, I say, you, you got it good, man. You're in a good <laughs> gym with a floor that's like, you know, not yeah. dusty or. Yeah, someone so. mopped it. <laughs> yeah. I'm yeah. like, man, the, the, you saw the YouTube video, man. That floor or the ground in, in, in uh, <laughs> my backyard back then. It's, yeah. yeah, you would like, like if you would cross over, like you and the dude are falling over, like yeah. both you, it's so slippery. So yeah, my driveway went to gravel, kind of towards the bottom. So you had to try to get there before you hit the gravel if you're <laughs> you're getting your shot because you're <laughs> one foot like slide out in the gravel. Yeah. Oh, that's too good. Pretty that's great. Too good. Yeah, talk, tell me a little more about playground basketball because that was the other thing I, I wanted to ask you. We love hearing playground mm-hmm. stories, and there oh. was. There was one, uh, the place you played, I was, I was dying. Even the name of it, I was like, oh, my Sugar gosh. Spice. I get, yes, yes. Hey, everybody, it's your old buddy, Cashew. Today's adventure brings us to Cincinnati, Ohio, to a really unique restaurant. And, in fact, I would say it is a hidden gem. It is the Sugar and Spice Restaurant. For drinks, you can get milkshakes, cocktails, or beer, White Claw, and Red Bull. This is so cool. Bro, I gotta get him talking about this. <laughs> legendary. How did you find this place? Like, wh- how old were you when you started playing there? What was it like? Yeah, so in the '80s, like if you grew up in the '80s and '90s in Cincinnati, like Sugar and Spice Courts were one of the top places you can go and play. And it sat like in this in this valley, and right next to it is this. You know, uh, there's a golf course, mm. but you can't see the golf course, but. So uh, the neighborhood I grew up in, we used to cut, we used to like run through the golf course, <laughs> run down the hill to the court. Um, all the top players, you know, in the city would come to the court. And so the restaurant next to it is called Sugar and Spice. That's how it, it got its name. But the funny part so when about you, it When is, I heard that, I'm like, man, I don't know. Well, how to get this name? <laughs> it sounds, sounds a little darker. Like yeah. Spice. Yeah. yeah. Like, well, what's going on? Is that a strip club? Uh, yeah. So... Uh, but across the street was a uh, drive-through where you can, you know, you know, pull up and, and get, you know, pop and, and beer and all that stuff. It's yeah. like a little drive-through thing, and which was the worst thing that could be next to this basketball court <laughs> because everybody went over and yeah. got like, all the older <laughs> yeah. people got, you know, beer. So beer's laying everywhere. Yeah. Um, but I'm gonna tell you what, and I tell people this story all the time. Um, everyone from the inner city came to this to these courts and when i say there were some tough tough customers there man like from the hood yeah um i started going down there when i was around like maybe 11 is when i was allowed to go to go down there i i, I had to sit on the the like hill and watch because i wasn't old enough to play right? right but when i was sitting on the hill there would be guns there would be boom boxes and 40 ounces. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not making this up. Yeah, I believe you. And I'm like, but I'm going to tell you what. Not once did anything ever happen to me yeah. down there. You know, no fights, nobody messed with me. It was all love because I think myself and there were a couple other guys that played down there that were younger. I think those guys saw a lot of potential and mm-hmm. they wanted to kind of help us. Yeah. And they were like, man, these guys have a chance to go play. We need to really help them. So I developed a lot of confidence. Um, I come down one time and I pass up on a shot and the guy I was playing with money station was his nickname. <laughs> I don't even nickname? know his real name. Oh my his name God. was money station. So he just, he didn't, he did not miss. Oh my and, uh, he cussed me out. I mean, he cussed me out. And 
said, if you don't shoot it again, you know, I'm going to bust you up. And I came down next time and I shot it and I missed it. But he applauded me. He was like, at least you took it this time. Next time you're going to make it. And sure enough, I made it next time. And that's where I first really developed that that confidence that I needed. But without street ball, man, um, I wouldn't have had that, man. I got my swag from street ball. I used to, you know, watch the guys play and kind of steal their, you know, everything was. Did you a get it? Did you get a nickname? Um, no, no, I didn't. I didn't out there when I was playing. When I was playing street ball, I didn't have a nickname until I got a little bit. Until I got a little bit older, it was microwave. But okay, that's a good one. It was like uh, Vinny Johnson yeah. played for the Detroit Pistons. So he he would he would remember Vinny used to come off the bench and score real yep. quick, and uh, I used to come off the bench and and just fire it up. Ready so I was, I was I was microwave Meacham. <laughs> oh, love it, love it. Yeah, man. Well, let's let's circle back and talk a little uh, Bearcats that that ninety seven to ninety nine era. You got Huggins there. You got you mentioned Jordan Brand kind of coming on board, which is which is kind of the beginning of a different era. I feel like in basketball, the way that they you know I, Iverson is in the the NBA at that point, uh, and it just is this shift I think towards popular culture in, in basketball for a lack of a better term. And, and I think the Bearcats really captured that rode that wave and, and helped to propel it even further upward. So let's just start out. What was it in general? What was it like to be a, a part of the program? And then if you want to circle back and tell us how you got on, how you got on the program, cause you got a, your a walk on, you mentioned. So how'd you, how'd you end up on the team? Yeah, uh, it, it was a dream come true play for the Bearcats. Like I told you about that basketball court in the backyard, I dream about hitting that game winning shot for the Bearcats at nine years old. So then, you know, to make it um, was, oh, it was like nearly impossible. Um, But so the process to making that happen, it kind of happened by accident um, because, you know, most players that go on and play college, you know, have, you know, great basketball careers in high school, they get recruited or their preferred walk on, or at least they have a good high school career and they go on to play college. Whereas in my case, Aaron, you know, I had a very rocky up and down high school career. Um, I only played uh, one full season uh, of high school basketball. And um, yeah, I dealt with uh, knee injury. Um, I dealt with uh, academic problem. Um, I quit on a coach. So I just, I had all these different issues. And, but what, what, what happened was I developed this chip on my shoulder. Um, I played with guys either with or against guys that were at that time way more talented than me, uh, way more accomplished. But I felt like deep down inside that I could be just as good as them. And they were going off to play um, college basketball all throughout Ohio and Kentucky. And I was like the only one that didn't. Because obviously I didn't really warrant the, the right to with, with not having a, you know, a great resume. So I go to um, UC, University of Cincinnati, as a student my first year. And at the time, the Bearcats are number one in the country. Hmm. Antonio Wingfield, Damon Flint. I mean, I can go on and on with all these yeah. great players. You can keep going. I, are, love, I love hearing who, like, triggers the fun memories and watching those teams, too. They were just so much, so much fun. Like you said – uh, this, they had swag and style and just played with an energy. And of course, Huggins is just brings his own kind of style and charisma to the sidelines sure. too, just strutting along. <laughs> no no question. Chest. No question. And so, you, you know, like it, I wanted to play back when I was nine years old and Bearcat basketball wasn't great back then. Mm. So here I am wanting to play for the Bearcat. <laughs> they're number one. <laughs> and then, and now I have it like, um, to the age where I yeah. can, and they've got the number one recruiting class. Like, you know, Dan- Danny Fortson, one of the most decorated Bearcats of all time. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm like, I've got to make this happen. So um, I'm on campus one day. I remember I'm just a student and I'm like, I'm walking through campus and I'm like, I want to be a walk on. Like, I've got to make this happen. And I'm literally walking to my apartment and this guy comes walking by me and we just go boom. And he was a walk on. And so I stop him. His name is Jerome Gray. And I said, Jerome, hey, I want to be a walk-on next year. I know you're leaving. And um, do you think you could help me? And he was like, hmm, give me your number. And he's like, here's my number. And he goes, if you're really serious about it, give me a call. So wait, you didn't so, you didn't know him? Did you know him or at all? Uh, just, from, 
I did. Okay. I did. I did know Jerome. So it wasn't like I was walking up on a random guy. Right. Um, however, he's from Toledo, Ohio. Okay. He had originally committed to Miami Oxford. Mm-hmm. And then he, uh, the coach there, Joby Wright, left and went to Wyoming to be the coach. So when he left, Jerome came to Cincinnati as a preferred walk-on. Mm-hmm. So um, uh, Jerome said, call me. So I call him and Jerome goes, hey, we're going to start working out tonight. And he goes, meet me at midnight. Oh, Jesus. It's a true story. <laughs> I meet him at midnight. And he goes, I need you to get access to a gym. And um, I did. I had keys to uh, one of the high school gyms here locally. And we'd go in there at all hours and just work. And he was like, I'm going to physically get you as ready as possible. But more importantly, we've mentally got to get you ready. Because oh. he's like, the mental grind is way, way tougher than the physical. So he's like, it's 90, 10, 90%, 10%. So, uh, so we prepared for months and months. And then finally the time, the opportunity came, you'll like this story. The opportunity came for me to sit in Bob Huggins's office <laughs> and ask him for the opportunity to be a walk on. So I always, I love telling this story. So Jerome was prepping me, right? And I'm writing all these notes down on a, on a note card. Like, this oh, is what God. I'm going to say to Hug. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and he and I practice it. Running Jerome it over in my head. Run it. Aaron, we, we went through it like eight times. He's throwing all kind of stuff back at me. Uh, and then he goes, you're ready. Okay? So I got all these note cards. So go home. One more time, I look through them. Wake up. Go to Hugs's office at noon the next day. Walk into Hugs's office. Now it's dark, right? His office was always kind of a little dark. He had this like black carpet and it was like that thick carpet from the nineties. So it was like, like you could trip walking <laughs> yeah, on it. <yeah. laughs> Don't wear your dark. slides. You'll be tripping for sure. Yeah. Oh, your, oh, your slides would, <laughs> would disappear in the carpet. <laughs> he had this dark cherry wood furniture. Oh God. And he's like sitting in this chair, right? And his chair is like, I swear it's elevated. And then I sit in his chair and it's like, it's like a beanbag, <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. sinking it. And I'm like looking at this monstrous figure, right? Yeah. But here's where, this is what happened. I'm a huge, huge Michael Jordan fan. I love Michael Jordan. And I'm sitting down, I'm getting ready. I'm like, okay, all the stuff you practice, all the note cards, here we go. And I look to my left and there's a big frame picture of Michael Jordan and Bob Huggins together. Mm. And Michael Jordan has his arms around hugs, just smiling. And I'm telling you, my heart just started going boom, boom. That picture made me so nervous because Jordan's my idol. Yeah. And here he is, like hugging. hugging. <laughs> and I'm like, so I look at hugs and I'm like, so Huggins goes, how can I help you? Aaron, everything I wrote on my note card. It's gone. I forgot. <laughs> so I learned a very valuable Michael Jordan. That. That's all I have to say. Yeah. <laughs> I learned a very valuable lesson that day, and that was sometimes you just got to speak from your heart. Yeah. Throw the script out the window. Yeah. And um, I did. I just said, Hugs, this is my story, and this is why I want to walk on. This is how I can help you. This is how you can help me. And uh, he gave me an opportunity, and I'm very thankful for that. That's great. Hey, you know, telling that it really does seem to fit because I always view Huggins as kind of a, you know, not, not totally counterculture, but he always seemed like a bit of a, a an outsider in the in the era that he was in. Like, would take guys that maybe didn't fit the tip, you yeah, know, the quote unquote no typical uh, college basketball player. Just he had he wanted a little bit of the attitude and a little bit of the feistiness yes. that other coaches maybe weren't look weren't looking for because that fit his brand and his personality. And Bob Huggins has won the basketball game for the Cincinnati Bearcats in one of the more miraculous games. Bob Huggins preaching to the truth, spreading the word, according to Bob. No question. And I, and I think a large, large part of that comes to when he took the job, he couldn't compete against some of these other schools that were bigger, getting certain players. So he's like, okay, where do I fit in this landscape? How can yeah. I find... Not, not, I don't say loophole is the right word, but looking for certain players that kind of fit the brand I'm trying to build. And he says, okay, we're going to be, if we're not going to be the most skilled and get all the McDonald's All-Americans, we're going to have the toughest dudes. Mm-hmm. 
So he started grabbing these tough dudes from around, you know, the country, JUCO guys. And then he's got one of the best weight training uh, staffs in America, Mickey Marotti. Uh, We used to call Bodies by Marotti. (laughs) And um, he started – he told Mickey, he says, I want you to make these guys football players on the court. And he goes, we are physically going to beat teams down. You know, one guys that are more skilled, we're just going to be stronger. We're just going to physically wear them down. And that was the brand at the start. And obviously, through the success with that, then he started getting in more of the McDonald's All-Americans, the Damon Flints, the Danny Fortsons, the D'Antonio Wingfields, the Kenny Satterfields, Dermar Johnson, blah, blah, blah. I can go on and on. All right. But that didn't happen day one. He had to start with the Andre Tates, the Lou Banks, Lavertis Robinsons. Like those were the guys that kind of were the building block of what we saw later on that everybody recognizes as the brand of Bearcat basketball. And if you think about it, it's 2022 and the Bearcats play Temple, I think this coming week. And everyone will look at the Bearcats on the court and say they should be tough. They're, you know, rooted in tough, tough defense. That started way back with Hugs when he first got here in 89 or, you know, whatever it was. Yeah, that's that's interesting to have that big of a, uh, an effect kind of legacy even after even after you're gone. But he really was that kind of force of personality uh, on the, the campus. Well, give me, you know, I, I'm sure you got a million stories from from that era, but give me give me like one or two that really just stand out to you about being a part of the team. And I, I, I wanted to see what, what's your, what was your role like on the team? Because I always think, mm. think about the, the walk-on guys and seeing them on the, on the bench. And I knew some of them when I was at IU and, and you do end up playing a real like role uh, in you know, your, your roommates with the guys who are getting playing time, you're taught, you're interacting with them all the time. So you end up being kind of a, you know, I don't know, like ment- mentally, you're just have help, you know, helping out in ways too, not just in practice, the, the different ways you can contribute to the team. Yeah. So my role, I think changed over my time there. <clears throat> so when I first got there, I had to fight through a lot of adversity because here I am, like I said, my resume is pretty much blank. So I'm coming in here and they're like, who is this dude? <laughs> and, you know, I, I kind of had all the note cards when he talked to Huggins. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, it, no, it was my first year was very, very tough. And I'd be lying if I said there weren't moments that I just didn't want to do it anymore. I wanted to quit. Um, but I knew like I'm at my dream place. I can't leave. Mm. And, and I had to really fight through a lot of things. And I think my role changed in that, I went from a guy who wasn't supposed to be there to um, a guy who was used as an example. So it's like, you know, hugs can use me as an example of, Hey, why can't you do like this guy here? He's, he's working his ass off. He's fighting through all this adversity. He's less talented than all you guys. Mm -hmm. So I kind of became that, that figure that he could, you know, he could use. And um, I kind of relished that role. I, I enjoyed having that role. Um, I understood um, the entire time, you know, I was at UC that I would I would never be an integral part, like minutes wise or statistics wise. Um, I was going to be a practice guy. I was going to be a you know good person and, and guy walking around campus that you know um, talked the brand up and made people want to come to Bearcat games. And hmm. so, you know, I accepted that role. And I uh, loved it. I wasn't worried about making the shots or uh, playing a lot. I just, I loved being a part of it. So what, what about those teams do you think, do you remember the most or do you get asked about the most? Because I, I know I'm sure, again, mm-hmm. I, I got, I've had you on, on here talk about the Bearcats from that era, but just in, gen, in general. But what do people, what's the first question they've got for you about those teams or, or what's the first story that comes to mind for you? Um, I get asked a lot about how crazy was Bob Huggins and then <laughs> what was it what was it like uh you know playing with uh Kenyon Martin and uh for a while I was his roommate on the oh, road okay. and you know what what were those conversations like I get asked that a lot um Hugs was crazy he was demanding <laughs> <laughs> he was he was he was you know I I think when I say he was crazy um I mean that because the players a lot of guys I played with are crazy <laughs> and hugs knew he had to be crazier. <laughs> so these guys will look at him like, yeah, this guy's I can't crazier than guy. me. <laughs> yeah. 
I mean, think about it. You've got we had guys That's like hilarious. Patterson, the Kobe Mel stopper, Levitt, the Kobe stopper, right? <laughs> Mel Levitt. I mean, he's got. I mean, roots from the hood, man. Yeah. And 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 Hugs was like, I don't, I don't care where you're from. Blah blah blah. I'm coming yeah. right. At, and and he, I think he gained a lot of guys' respect right off the bat, and not you know not backing down from any of those guys. Um, Hugs would come at you. He would let you know. But there was a. It was a huge, I think, love factor that, you know, it was almost like, um, you know, he was yelling at you, but you knew once you stepped off that court that it was all love, man. It was all love, and he would do, you know, anything for you. Um, and then secondly, I mentioned Kenyon Martin. Kenyon Martin is one of the smartest people I've ever been around in my life. Hmm. Um, he just has this uh, unbelievable, like, um, this, one on the run? this common the sense, um, his great street sense. Uh, he, he's, you know, if you ever, you know, look at some, you hear about some like, uh, you know, pianists, piano players that just naturally pick it up and they're just like these savants of the, you know, yeah. music world. Well, I, I felt like Kenyon was that of basketball. Like he just picked up stuff and he would know what the other team was doing in a timeout. He would go, this guy's going to run off a double screen. He's going to fade here. And this guy's going to pop here. And we're like, how do you, how, what? And sure enough, he would yeah. tell him, he'd be tell guys pop out there. And sure enough, uh. that would, you know, what would happen. So playing with him, because people always are like, oh, he could jump high, he could block shots, he could dunk. Sure. They'd see all that, right? But what they didn't know was he his his level in I, basketball IQ, level of understanding of basketball IQ were, through the roof. I mean, just, just insane. And so to tell you a quick story <clears throat> before every game, um, we would have a walkthrough coach Huggins or whoever had the scout for that particular game would lead the walkthrough. So coach Rod Baker was one of our assistants um, and, or Mick Cronin, who's now the UCLA coach. He was uh, one of our assistants. They would lead the walkthrough and we'd run through the other team sets. And then we would run what we're going to do against that other team any counters to what they do, we would kind of go through. Well, my last year, it got to the point where Kenyon was running the walkthrough. Really? Matt, we were in a a hotel, and we were getting ready to play. I want to say like DePaul, because I remember it was really, really cold. Hmm. We were playing like DePaul, and we're in the lobby of – I'm sorry, we're in a ballroom in the hotel, and the coaches had made tape – with uh i'm sorry uh, like a half court with medical tape yeah in his ballroom had the chairs all moved and Kenyon's running the whole walkthrough wow. coaches sit back huh. and he started doing that i mean that's that's high level that's next level stuff yeah that is next level that's a cool perspective on him because he i don't i think because of the the emotion that he would show on the court sometimes <laughs> guys like that don't get credit for being as cerebral because they're letting you know they let that show outwardly you think the guys who don't make a lot of you know noise on the court as as the more coaching types but i could see that you know he he's a guy that jason kidd later loved playing with so it makes makes, sen- makes sense that uh you talk about you a know, match made in heaven no kidding. Two, two high level thinkers like kids like they always say jay kidd was yeah. like two plays ahead, no doubt. you know, kind of like magic was, he was like, he knew what was going to happen. Now you got another guy like Ken. Same thing. Yeah. Yeah. Insane. If he hadn't had to play against Shaq, that's the, only that's the only problem. Have you ever seen a picture of Shaq dunking on the entire like Nets team? <laughs> no, no, I don't think so. Oh man. There's a picture of like, you can just Google like Shaq dunk on the Nets. Okay. And there's like, the, like Shaq's dunking it. And like Kenyon's like kind of towards the back. And like, they had this guy named, um, God, what was his name? Aaron Williams. Oh, yeah. yeah. He's like pulling on Shaq's jersey, and they're like three other guys. It's crazy, man. <laughs> yeah, I think like, dude. That, that, that dude was a force. But. <laughs> he was. Well, okay, what about uh, Jordan Brand? Because you're still, we were talking about, you got the Jordan Brand uh, sweatshirt on right now. What was it like? Because th- there is this era then where the, the shoe companies, you know, kind of come into their own. We, we just did a, you know, 
one of our kind of sister groups did world of five star and was talking about how the, the camps had changed at that time from like the five star camp to Adidas and, and Nike. And then Jordan is kind of coming into to his own as a, as its own kind of standalone brand. And Cincinnati's kind of there at the, at the start of that. So what was the, the role like in, in them coming in? How much fun was it to be a part of that too? athlete on the planet. Not only has, has he led the Chicago Bulls to five NBA championship titles, he's also an actor, an author, and now he's got his own line of clothing. Please welcome Mr. Michael Jordan. My name is Alex Meacham, and I collect sneakers. Uh, sneaker. Uh, through the years, since uh, age 12, I've collected Air Jordan sneakers, and I'm an avid sneaker collector, and it's led me to a lot of cool places and allowed me to meet a lot of cool people. Now I have the opportunity to have a Air Jordan sneaker uh, be a part of a release. Yeah. Uh, so growing up, pretty much my, I want to say almost my entire basketball career, other than like real early, like eight, nine, ten years old, um, I wore Jordans. I played in Air Jordan sneakers. <laughs> nice. Black Cement 3 is the first shoe I ever had. Or I, I should say, first shoe I paid for. Um, and I just always play games. And if you look at any of my early pictures, it's Jordan, oh, Jordan, Jordan. <laughs> and I was collecting Jordans before it was like cool to be a collector. Yeah. I was doing odd jobs and like people were spending money in my neighborhood going and buying like gear. So, uh, you ever heard of value city? Oh you yeah. Guys ever have yeah. That? We so, got it. Yep. Right. So, so, so my buddies would like cut grass, rake leaves, get money and they go to value city and go buy like a jean jacket and the <laughs> jean pants right or or you remember troop suits i don't know if you remember those hello <laughs> no. cool j made those famous they were <laughs> terrible and they'd go buy like these troop suits and like all this stuff me i'm going to foot locker finish line or whatever it is and yeah. i'm getting jordans yeah. and so that became you know my thing so when i do make it as a walk-on we're still nike mm -hmm. like during the off season and I'm like, man, I've never, I've not hooped in Nike. So <laughs> I'm like nervous. Yeah. So I'm like, maybe I can sneak and wear some Jordans. <laughs> and uh, the trainer at the time, the guy who pretty much ran all of our gear, he was like, everyone has to be in the issued Nikes. And I'm like, oh God. Ooh, so they gave team us these, shoes like, too? Oh no. <laughs> they gave us, no, well, actually they gave us these like Pippin Air Max. Oh, okay. I, I, I can't remember. Man, they were the worst. Like, <laughs> I, I I was like, I will give these away to anybody that <laughs> wants them. And so um, I have them and I tried like playing open gyms in them. And I'm like, this is not going to work. I told my roommate, I was like, I don't know what I'm going to do. And my roommate's like, what? You ain't going to play much anyway. So who cares? Like, I was like, there goes your tickets. Yeah. To the game. So, um, <laughs> so, uh, so we're, we're, uh, we're finishing up practice. And Hugs goes, we have a meeting um, in the locker room. We have a speaker coming in. And I'm like, oh, Lord. Because um, usually that means somebody got in trouble. Yeah. Or something happened and we're getting lectured or yeah. something. So we go in there and there's these guys sitting there. And um, one of the guys is named Gentry Humphrey. And other guys, uh, uh, Will was his name is Will Smith, like, but not obviously the Fresh <laughs> Prince. But <laughs> that'd be really not, wild. Not, What's Will not, Smith not, doing here? Yeah, not not the guy born and raised in yeah. West Philadelphia. So, uh, there, I'm like, I'm like looking at, I'm like looking at Gentry, and I'm like, you know, he looks familiar. So I sit down, and Kenyon Martin sits next to me in the locker room always, and I'm the kid. I'm like, yo, I know this guy from somewhere, and so. Gentry's like, hey, my name is Gentry Humphrey. I'm the president of the Jordan brand. And I'm like, I hit him. I'm like, yo, I've seen him in the, I've seen him in the magazines, yeah. like slam and all yeah, that. Yeah. And the other guy's like, I'm Will Smith. I'm a developer for the shoes. And they're like, we're here to tell you that you are now a um, Jordan school. Oh my gosh. And I'm like. <laughs> you must have thought it was like a joke or something. You're like, what? <laughs> I hope. I'm like, is this real? I'm like, wait for somebody to wake me up. So, yeah. um, so anyway, uh, they lay out the uniforms and they lay out the shoes, and I'm like, yo, this is <laughs> insane. Nice. So, we're the first Jordan team ever to step on the floor in college basketball 
wearing the Jordan uniform. So the other teams cool. was uh, Cal, St. John's, and North Carolina A&T, and then us. Yeah. We were the first ones to play a game wearing the Jordan stuff. And then um, our shoes, like our team shoes weren't ready. So they sent us like, I don't even remember the name of the shoes they sent us, but they sent us these shoes. And um, so our, our team shoes weren't ready yet. And so then one day I come into the, the locker room and there was like four boxes at everybody's locker. And they were like, they weren't your normal, um, like Jordan boxes. Yeah. They were like these, these like weird, like, you know, warehouse boxes. So I open it up, all Jordan 12s, the playoff Jordan 12s. Nice. They sent us like, everyone had four pair oh, and they were like, man. Hey, you got four, you got four. I ended up with eight pair. And so I ended up, I'm like, man, I gave a pair to like a buddy of mine. <laughs> I threw a pair in the crowd after a game. Oh my gosh. We had that many you were shoes. Li- you're like, living it up. <laughs> I'm like, you know, like, like people throwing Seriously. money in there. Seriously. Shoes. Jordans. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, it was, it was unbelievable. And we would go play. I've told this story many a times, but, and we would go play teams. We played, uh, Rhode Island with Lamar Odom and Catino Mobley. And I remember Catino Mobley saying to us, like, hey, man, I should have went to Cincinnati, man. You guys' <laughs> uniforms are tough. Like, these are, these are unbelievable. Oh, like, Dwayne, D. Wade, and er- everyone's like, yeah. those uniforms are amazing. So it, it, was, it, was, it was unbelievable. <laughs> it really was. We'd walk through air. We would walk through the airports yeah. going to games, and, and Huggins made us dress in all black. Yeah. And we had he had he had to make sure that everything had a hoodie on it too, so our coats, our sweatshirts had hoodies. So we would come through an airport. Imagine this whole Bearcat black team walking through black on black hoodie up, just walking through. <laughs> looking like looking like some ninjas or something. Seriously, like <laughs> Hugs wants to have this swag, this attitude. Yeah. It was it was unbelievable, man. That's so much fun for kids too. I mean, you see how you can get roped into roped into that, and then. Uh, coupled with all all the other things that he's he's got going in just kind of fit fit in lock stuff and you love it when there's that kind of synergy oh yeah no doubt well give me give me a cronin story because I, I heard you mention his name there i didn't even i don't think i even realized so he was an assistant coach he's on assistant. the team yeah he was the um so he started off as the when he was an assistant he was the I think he was the point, the guard coach. Okay. So when we would in practice, you break down at the guards and bigs and then you go do your like separate things. And so you do drills based on the, um, the different like plays, the sets we run. So Mick is having us, you know, run and do these sets. And for some reason, the guards had just had done a terrible job and hugs started yelling at Mick <laughs> and he kicked Mick out of the drill <laughs> no. as a coach oh, no. and sent him down to the bigs. <laughs> Have you ever seen McCronin? Yeah, yeah. He's really short. Yeah. So he's down there with 6'9", <laughs> Kenya Martin, you know, 6'10", Andre, uh, Jermaine Tate, yeah. Bobby Brandon, Ryan Fletcher, and here you got little Mick yep. doing the big man drills, which he could coach. Yeah, yeah. But it was just kind of funny that he was down there, but, oh, Hugs was on his ass that day. And so – but I think that led to, you know, him, you know, learning a lot through Hugs. And then, obviously, he went on to coach with Patino. And then he grinded his way up through Murray State and became the Bearcat coach. Did a phenomenal job getting yeah. us back to prominence. And then how about the run he had at UCLA? I know. Who would have thunk that? Weren't they in like the playing game? I know. <laughs> crazy. Just well. just crazy. Yeah. Yeah. So. so so good. Yeah, good, good for him, man. He's a Cincinnati guy. So yeah. you know, the more successful stories out of this area, I think the no better doubt. too. No doubt. Well, I got a few other things. I really appreciate you coming on tonight, but I got a couple other topics I want to get get to. So I, I want to talk a little bit about your about your stuff. So it mentions Shining Star Sports. I want to hear a little bit about that, and then uh, give us a shout out to your the podcast that you're on. I saw some of them on YouTube, some of the episodes on YouTube. Yeah, so uh, Shining Star Sports is uh, my basketball program. It's twenty, actually twenty one years, and um, coming up uh, in gosh a month it'll be wow. 21 That's years awesome. yeah thank you thank you and uh, we have over 30 au teams starting from fourth grade all the way up to 11th grade <laughs> um we've put like thousands of kids in college right. for basketball um and then we kind of transitioned um using all the au teams into uh we have an apparel 
side of the company where, you know, people can buy our shining star gear. Um, we have a media company, which I'll segue that into the podcast here in a second. Um, you know, in the, the great thing I think about what we do is we have opportunities for kids to come back and work in the program. So we have an internship program. We try to have about eight interns a year and um, that helps propel them to either yeah. make their resume better or get them jobs. It's about those connections um, that you were talking about. Absolutely. No question. And um, so when we started the media company, that kind of um, encompassed several things. We, we house within the Shine One Media. One of them is the Bearcat Basketball Podcast that I actually accidentally started during the, <laughs> um, the pandemic. Yeah. That's, not, that's just like it. that's just like us. That's what that's what we did. It's, yeah, it just happened, yeah. and and so uh, and I I'm, I got to grab my charger as I talk here. Okay, I, yeah, do it. For some reason, some reason the app's like soaking my battery. <laughs> up. I don't want it to die on me. Yeah. So, um, so uh, the 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 crazy thing is when the when the podcast had originally started, it was basically a bunch of tweets. I was sending out all these tweets related to Bearcat basketball and fans were like, Hey, you need to have your, your own podcast because you can only send out so many tweets to kind of get your, you know, your message across. Right. Yeah, and right. just, you know, so, so I started doing um, the podcast, but I think the key was, and, and you know, this, like um, with what you guys do, it's important to find like your lane, mm. And where you fit in the landscape of things and just be really, really good in that lane, right? Yeah. So I was like, how can how can my podcast be different than all the others? And we've got a lot of great journalists in our city. And I don't want to step on their toes. I don't want to get in their way and their lane. So I was like, nobody is interviewing all the former great players <laughs> that we've had come through this school. And I have access to all these former players because I'm around. I know yeah. them. I've got numbers. And so that kind of became – that became the deal. So I did maybe two podcasts in which I just talked about the Bearcat basketball team for that season mm -hmm. just to kind of build a base. And then I started with my first interview um, of a player. His name was Charles Williams, and he played for the Bearcats. Uh, um, he played actually with me, but he played – um, in the years when we were Nike prior to me, okay, he has a, he has absolutely fascinating stories from Compton, California, grew That's up in cool. the gang banging, wow. um, Crips and Bloods and all that. And, um, just a good success story. So yeah. I interviewed him and it was a huge success. And then I interviewed another guy named Ryan Fletcher. It was a guy who threw the pass when, um, we beat Duke in the oh, great okay. Alaska shootout. And that was a big success. And I'm like, we got something here. <laughs> so that's when we found our lane. And nice. so I've just, I've, I've been on the pursuit of, I think we're on episode 105, something like that we've done. And, um, I've interviewed, I mean, you've got a bunch I mean, of people oh, on there. I was, I was looking through some of the people and if people are fans of Cincinnati basketball, uh, they're just, they're just good stories. I mean, that's what I love about podcasts is just the opportunity to tell, you know, little stories inside of a, of a bigger story. And I find some, there's so much fun in that. No, 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 no question about that. And, and here's the crazy thing about it. Like these former players, some of them have never, ever told their story. Mm -hmm. And it's like, we've got these great players. We've got great tradition, you know, at our school. And people really don't know the full story, how they got to Cincinnati, yeah. what they what they've done after. And so I've kind of made it my job and mission to, you know, help these guys get their story out a little bit more. And for some guys, they're misunderstood, mm. um, may have went through like, you know, I interviewed uh, Art Long, um, who played for the Bearcats back in the, the um, mid 90s. And, you know, he had been through all kind of problems and issues and mm. just, you know, he's back on his feet doing well. And I'm like, man, tell your story, That's bro. Cool. Like, yeah. You know, you're not in that same space where you were, you know, 10 years ago. You're in a good space now. Let's talk about that. That's yeah. a great story. So um, it's it's been received very well. Um, and I hope to keep doing it and uh, just keep telling people's story, which I, I truly, truly love um, being able to tell tell stories, other people's stories, at least. Love it. 
Okay, I got last two. That's I'm going to make you put you on the spot here. Uh, name, image, likeness has been something that we've been talking about all year. So I got to get your NIL top five uh, Cincinnati Cincinnati Bearcats. So not necessarily top five players. So I've heard uh, a bunch of people have gone di- different ways. Like Danny Manning, he picked Wilt Chamberlain as number one. But then I had Charlie Miller on from IU, and he picked himself as number one, his number one pick. Uh, and then he wow. went with like some singers to to fill it out. So NIL, who would your top five uh, top five Bearcats uh, be? Okay, so let me let me just make sure I understand this. So. so, so- um, you're like their agent, so you're you're gonna be like representing. You're you're building out your agency kind of, and you're picking guys who you're gonna be able to big, sign to big nil deals. So you know, it might I be think the, these these might guys be. are gonna get the biggest deal. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, obviously, uh, number one has to be Oscar Robertson. Okay. Um, the big O. I mean, he has just the most legendary um, image of him getting the rebound with his legs, you know, spread out. <laughs> yeah. You know, I would immediately take him. You know, over to the Mercedes Benz dealer, and we 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 take that <laughs> oh image and make that a right. Oh wow, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. we're 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 over there. Oh, um, I get. And there's so much you can do with the, just the name, the big, big o. o. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You know, got like, an Oscar Mayer uh, crossover there, right? Some kind of there, hot dog. <laughs> there, there you go. Some kind of cereal. Cereal, cereal. You know? That's even better. Yes, yes, <laughs> right? yeah. Kellogg's there's Big just, O's. Oh man, there's yeah. so many opportunities there. Then I have to say a very close second would be Kenyon Martin. Um, I mean, just the name uh, Kenyon Martin with with K. We we definitely have to go to Kmart. Uh, I mean, if, if Kmart if Kmart doesn't do anything, I, I don't know what what's going on. Um, you know, I I and I think with uh, you know Kenyon. So I say Oscar and then Kenyon are probably the two most you know, decorated and recognizable Bearcats of all time. Yeah. And I think that ties into the NIL situation. You know, they they look for guys that are recognizable yeah. and uh, fans really, really love. Um, and, and me, um, I tell you what, man, nobody had more swag. And I put him at number three, but he's my number one favorite Bearcat of all time. And that's Nick Van Eck. Oh, nice. Nick the quick love Van Exel lefty too. I'm a le- I'm a lefty, so I've got a soft spot for any, any lefties. Yep. Yeah, man. Um, uh, Nick the quick. Um, great Nick, just, Nick, great nickname too. So that's that's a that leads right into it. Right. Yeah. It, it, there's so much. There's so much what you can do with that, and and he was kind of known for like, you know, this. You know, he would dish out the assist. He was, you know, really. You know, and you, you can go a lot with that, you know, with a lot of companies and commercials like, mm-hmm. you know, Nick could be on there like, you know, dishing out whatever at a restaurant. Pizza, or pizzas or <laughs> exactly. Jiffy Jiffy Lube, he'd get you out and quick he'd be do, doing sure. a, doing an oil change. Quick. Yeah. Quick, get <laughs> See? You and I together, bro. We'd yeah, that's right. That's right. Uh, <laughs> we'd be killing them. Um one people probably wouldn't wouldn't guess and that is uh a member of the final four team for the bearcats uh probably the he's one of the glue members to um the entire bearcat basketball program that's terry nelson and um he currently does the uh color commentary for the bearcats okay um terry is so good at speaking and just has this presence about him um Every company in the city would love to have somebody with his mouthpiece that can just talk it up. Um, so uh, he 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 would be amazing. Um, I, I personally, if I had a company and, and Terry was playing, I'm definitely going. You know, Terry. nil deal with him. So I would probably say for my fifth and final one, I would pick. And there's several there's several guys, but but follow me when I say this. Okay. Because we are in Cincinnati and we're in the greater Cincinnati area, I think you have to get a, a hometown hero, okay. a Cincinnati guy, um, you know, to kind of represent and be that, be that hometown hero. And there have been like, you know, tons of guys that have played for the Bearcats, uh, you know, <clears throat> excuse me, Bobby Brandon. Mm-hmm. Um, um, you've got, well, Ryan Fletcher was from Middletown, which is kind of near Dayton, but Damon Flint. He was, yeah. you know, McDonald's All-American. Yeah, for sure. Um, 
you know, uh, Jeremiah Davenport, who's currently playing for the Bearcats. He played here for Moeller High School nice. in uh, Cincinnati. So I'd probably say that fifth spot would be for, you know, a, a, a local guy. Love it. Uh, the, the, that hometown hero vibe. Yeah. Man. Because, you know, our city, much like, you know, other places, but I think Cincinnati for sure, we love our own. Man. A lot of pride. Yeah. A lot of pride in, in Cincinnati, man. If you yeah. if you come out of here and make it big or do great things, man, the city does, you know, support and love you. Yeah. Um, so that would that would kind of be my take on that top five. Love it. All right, we're gonna get you out of out of here on a couple quick hitters. Uh what's the coolest arena you you played in? Freedom Hall. Who were the Freedom Hall? Who are the craziest opposing fans? UNC Charlotte. UNC I'll tell Charlotte. you a story. Okay, yeah. Let, yeah. Me, give you, let me give you a story. Yeah, with I get this. So, Freedom Hall, um, Louisville was always one of our biggest rivals. Mm-hmm. Um, and Denny Crum, who coached there for years, uh, great coach, great person. Yeah. He always had them ready. And Louisville just loves their basketball, man. And, yeah. and Freedom Hall felt like – and um, Bellarmine um, still plays in, in Freedom Hall. I didn't know that. Yeah, they, they do. Um, but and, – and Louisville now plays in the Yum Center. Yeah. But Freedom Hall, it feels like people, like, are on top of you. <laughs> yeah. One year, Denny Crum's team was down, and I actually got into a game at Louisville. Nice. And, and I was like – I'm like looking around. I feel like the people that are sitting in the stands are like <laughs> gonna fall on the crew. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, wow. But they love I mean, and it wasn't like they were nasty fans. Uh-huh. They were just so they love like you'd move and they go, ooh, ooh. Yeah. Like you take like a step and they're like, travel, travel. <laughs> I mean, they just loved, they loved it. And it wasn't like a, you know, it wasn't like a like a LA crowd that kind of gets in late, halftime, the place is half full because everybody's out talking. Louisville fans are there early. Don't get up at halftime and don't leave until the game's over. So Freedom Hall, second, uh, the craziest fans, UNC Charlotte. That was our probably our biggest in-conference rival because we were always okay. battling for conference championships. And um, whether it was the conference tournament or even regular season, we were always battling with uh, UNC Charlotte. They had this guard named uh, Diego Guevara. And uh, Diego uh, became probably the most disliked um, player that the Bearcats played, like, of all time. Like, he's up there as, like, one. <laughs> um, and I'm actually interviewing him next month on nice. podcast. Oh, that's great. And I, I hit him up, and he's like, <laughs> we don't know each other, but, like, yeah. I hit him up, I was like, I want you on my podcast. It won't he's be like, all hate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's a, but, setting me up or something. <laughs> yeah, he was like, he was like, uh, first of all, he asked me, was it, like, when I when I was going to the podcast, he's like, "Is it like live?" Yeah, because he's like, "Cause people will boo me," and I'm like, "No, they're not. It's not live, and people would love to kind of hear your perspective." Oh, that that would be great. You definitely should uh, should hook that up if you can. Get a live audience. Yeah, that's right. Boo. Yeah. Uh, but he knows he's he knows he's like one of the most disliked. So that's awesome. When he would come to Cincinnati, so so here's what happened. Um, at the time. He had a girlfriend, which I, I think he ended up marrying, but then like TV, uh, ESPN or whoever it was, kind of got wind that, you know, his girlfriend was always oh, yeah. at the games and like, or fiance maybe. Yeah. So every time he made a three-pointer, he'd oh, blow a kiss to gosh. her. <laughs> and she would blow a kiss back. Oh, oh he's bro. asking for it. He's you know how that, that did not go over oh, well at the, at the arena. <laughs> so... We were we were on his ass. So uh, yeah. so we would go to Charlotte and I'll never forget this. We go to UNC Charlotte. And they're just Charlotte now. Yeah. But back then they were UNC, UNC. Charlotte. And uh, they were really good. They had, they, had, they had really good players. Uh, and um gosh, what was the coach's name? I can't even remember his name. Um so we pull up and usually, you know, the opposing team will get there early to shoot around kind of get settled and nobody's there we're there like maybe three hours prior to tip guys gotta get taped and just a whole bunch of stuff we had two and a half three hours whatever and we get there and we come out and we're like what in the world student sections like packed 
And they're like booing and yelling at us. And we're like, what in the world? Like you've been here this whole time. And um, so uh, the year prior, you, I wasn't on the team, but um, we beat them and I, they threw stuff. Oh at, my gosh. Um, at, at, uh, at, uh, well, I wasn't on the team, but at yeah. the Bearcats. Yeah. So the year I was there, we beat them on their home court and they start throwing stuff. Well, my teammates got the like basketballs that were for warmups mm-hmm. and started unloading them <laughs> on fans, like hitting them in the face. Oh, and the fans stormed the court. Oh my god. And we're gosh. like running us off the court. We're like literally running out of here. <laughs> It was, it was, it was crazy. That is so crazy. They, they were no love lost there, man. I, I was like, man, I don't ever want to go back. And <laughs> the, I'll tell you a funny thing. Guy I went to high school with, he signed a full uh, scholarship to play soccer there. Mm-hmm. So every time we went to Charlotte, I would always go up in the stands and say, what's up to him. <laughs> oh, and he You're was asking like, for it. Yeah. <laughs> You're going to get him like, beat up. I was like, I think you gotta, you can just, we got, <laughs> we'll, see, we'll see it after you see you after the game. Yeah, he didn't want to be a because they're all now looking at him like, "What's up, bro?" Yeah, yeah right. I'm about to whoop his ass. Yeah. <laughs> Watch out for flying objects, huh? Oh man, they, they will throw stuff. That's but I, I tell you, let me let me can I add one more thing. Yeah, yeah, this? you go, man. This is great. Um, Xavier, uh, the crosstown shootout. Yeah, uh, is the like as a casual fan of both of both teams. That's one I tune in. Like when I, I circle that on my calendar because there's always just I love the the that those type of rivalries. Aaron, it is real. That game is real. There's a real dislike, um, and it, and it's gotten to the point though where it's like, I think the dislike is is not where it used to be because there was a big brawl. Yeah, um, which you probably remember or, or saw um, between Xavier and UC. It was one of that Xavier. Um, even prior to that, like Hugs got into it with the time Pete Gillen was the head coach of Xavier, and they got into it after the game, didn't shake hands, and there's just been stories after stories of you know just you know how how you know each players like the players didn't like each other, and that was real. Fans didn't like each other, but now it's I mean people are, I think more on the mutual like respect level but i tell you man they get they get after it on twitter though i, I tell you <laughs> is that a is that a is that a parts of the city uh parts of the city thing like uh where where cincinnati's located as opposed to xavier or private school public school type thing or what so, so our city's very like uh it's it's divided into like you've got the east side you've got the west side of town yeah um which are two completely separate like mentalities, yeah. um, not to say one's better than the other, but like people are like, Hey, I'm from the West side. Right. And like, no, I'm from the East side. Like it's, it's a different mentality. Um, I'd say the pockets of our city that have more of the Catholic roots okay. and Catholic schools yeah. are more leaning towards Xavier because Xavier's a, you know, a Catholic Makes school sense. and a lot of the, the public school area kids are, are, are more, you know, UC. Mm-hmm. I I'd probably say. I mean, in UC's, I probably say there's more Bearcat fans in Cincinnati than Xavier. And I, I don't mean to like take a shot at Xavier, yeah, but yeah. the reality is we have a football team too. Right. So that matters these that, days. <laughs> that that matters, yeah. right? And it's just it it is what it is. So so if we even if Xavier you know beat us this year, or even you know they're kind of winning the rivalry over, you know, whatever they, they say five or seven year span, even if they're doing that, we are still looked at as the, the bigger brand just because of the combination of basketball and football, um, you know, in, in our city. So I think you might have the uniform win too. So I don't know those, that, even those new retro uniforms that are about, they're about to wear. Those look pretty oh, nice. Yeah. That looks pretty nice. Yeah, you know what's you know what's funny about that? Um so gosh, I forget how many years ago it was. Um gosh, I wish I had that if I had that picture, it was up in my up in one of my rooms. I wish I had that. So they had us uh my senior year, we came out for uh Midnight Madness, mm-hmm. um, preseason basketball, 
and they had like all of us wearing okay i know what it was so it was my um i take that back one of my senior it was my first year that we went to jordan so they wanted to kind of do like a history of uc uniforms okay so they found like all these old uniforms <laughs> and they had they had us wearing like you know and i'm like the one that said the cats yeah uh, my teammate dewan baker was wearing that and there were a couple others i'm like why have we not like retro these yeah. and i've been screaming that for years like we've got to retro some of these like forgotten years because that's kind of like a forgotten uniform i'm like yeah those those will go over really well so i'm so glad yeah it's gonna that uh yeah they were able to make it happen like i've been screaming that like there's a there's another there's another cincinnati uniform yeah yo it is wild dude like (laughs) i i don't know how it's like i i can't even explain how like cincinnati's like written out on it Mm -hmm. it looks like they almost made a mistake and I always tell people like those would be so dope to read. You might you might have um, to give me a picture of these because we might be able to make this happen. <laughs> I I will. Okay. Um I will I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna look it up here in a minute. My buddy actually my buddy like he's like a historian yeah. of sports stuff. And he started sending me all these images like, Have you ever seen this? Have you ever yeah. seen this? And I'm like, yo, I've never seen that Bearcat <laughs> uniform. And there was like there's like one Cincinnati uniform. I and I can't remember exactly the story. I have to send you the article where like their the uniforms were like worn for like a couple games and they've mm. never been seen since. Weird. There's like That's this crazy. like aura behind them. I gotta figure out which ones they okay. are, but but th- those those things have to like come back. I know. Right? Yep. Let's 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 make let's make it happen. That's what this is all about, is telling those stories of those universities. And tell me about uh the bearcat gear that you guys yeah so, the, so there's a well they we've got a, several pairs of shorts that we've released but the ones that are coming out this week are just a practice jersey and then we've got we've got quarter zips so the quarter zips are are in so we've got a quarter zip they look kind of like the the warm-up uniform so you'll rec you'll recognize it because they're patterned uh off the the warm-up uniform from those from those mm-hmm. years so uh, that's, that's dope. it's pretty, pretty fun. And, and it just, we circle back to the, the stories. So, well, Hey, I hey, love it. Hey, I'm going to get you out of here. I appreciate, uh, your, your time, uh, tonight and hopefully you'll come back on. Maybe we can talk, uh, like go through a game. We love doing like a, just game, like a game recap. So it could be fun to just talk a single game and break down uh, a game. Cause you could give us that perspective from the sideline or even one you got in would be great. Any anytime you want, man. I love I love telling stories and just just chopping it up, man, with good people. So, <laughs> thank you for listening to the Nineteen Nine Podcast. If you haven't already subscribed to the podcast, make sure you do. And while you're at it, leave us a rating or review, five stars only, like the basketball camp. We also have links to all of Nineteen Nine social media, so you never miss a release. Until next time. Give that education too, man. That's what it's about. Um, not a lot of people. I'm saying to say they can go to school for free. I'm saying get education, so take advantage of it, man. I'm saying it comes and goes quick. I'm saying you come in and before you know it, you'll be on your way out.